0: just uh sweating um yeah mostly just sweating in the 100 degree heat i just walked to the apple store to get my screen replaced waited in the apple store for 30 minutes and then left without getting my screen replaced so that is my uh yeah my my after afternoon evening can
1: you can you like find a guy on the street who will do it for like you know 10 bucks and you know, just kind of call it a day. Support a local business, Garrett. You don't have to go to Apple to do that. They are
0: they are local. Apple is local to me, but uh,
1: that's scary. I have, um,
0: <laughs> I have you know the Apple Care, Apple Care Plus, so it, it is ten dollars for the Of cu-
1: of course you do. Um, we are joined today by a dear friend of mine named Jose. Welcome.
2: Hello. Thank you for having me.
1: Uh, can you explain what exactly you do and why you're here? Cause you know why you're here.
2: Um, I can explain what I do. I, <laughs> I do a lot of things related to fashion. Um, the main thing that I do is that I'm a designer. I work full time at a brand here in New York. I design handbags, um, and men's leather goods. And then on the side of that, I have a podcast about fashion and culture called bias, I am a fashion writer. I've recently written for ID Magazine, Paper Magazine, currently working on some other write-ups. I do a lot of fashion commentary on Instagram, um, so that's kind of like the main thing on the side that has led to the podcast, to the writing, etc. And yeah, and I do some little consulting on the side, so I work with smaller brands, help them with Brand, marketing, um, content, a lot of content as of recently. the Instagram has led me to a lot of people just ask how to work Instagram. So it's been really interesting to just play around. That's, yeah, but yeah, that's me.
0: Yeah, your Instagram presence is, like, amazing. It's, it's kind you. of funny because I feel like, um, you know, when, when we first met, like, we follow each other on Instagram because it was, like, we knew each other. And then it's been really cool to see in the last few years your, your presence on there has morphed into, like, almost this like independent journalism source for, for fashion. What was the, what was it kind of like to, to make that shift? Cause it, you know, I feel like you go back far enough probably like photos of you and your friends and stuff. And it still is like, there's still yeah. the personality that comes through, but um, there's a lot more like almost, yeah, coverage and reporting of shows and controversies.
2: It's been, you know what, I think about this a lot and it's been really funny. Really the word is funny because um, it's really what you said. I, I never started this with really the intent of it um, becoming some sort of like side of my career. I really just started this out of like boredom, to be honest. Like I was very, you know, I had just finished college. I was living in New York. I had my corporate job and I was waiting for my visa when I was, I started to play around on Instagram. So I was basically not working. I was in the US and I couldn't spend any money because I had not, I had none coming in and I couldn't go back home because I was waiting for my visa again. So I was just in a weird awkward spot and it was meant sort for of fashion week um so it was basically two years ago now so I started playing talking about the the shows on my Instagram stories and back then as you say like it was only the girls right it was only my friends no one really no editors no writers no nothings um and it was just me kikiing with my friends like me shit posting about the things that I thought about these shows and these brands and these clothes and it eventually like I think started reaching other people at first it was really just about Instagram stories like my feed was still photos of myself photos of the girls etc and I think that over time as I started meeting other people or like other people started following me because of those stories there were a few different people that encouraged me to to take it more into like the feed into like a quote-unquote blog um, sphere I guess where people were like oh like you should post this in your feed, you should actually, I don't know, like take this to the extra level. They were like, oh, the work is good. Like the commentary is there. Your, your opinions are valid. So like make it a thing. Right. And I was like, I played back and forth with making it a thing for a little bit. And then I think last year over quarantine, I was like, okay, let's take this a little bit more seriously. Let's actually, you know, like turn this into into an actual platform other than just me like again talking with the friends but really the the energy has sort of like stayed like that I would like to believe at least like I'm still talking with my friends even though like some of the people that I dm with on a daily basis that really talk to me about fashion are still strangers um or some friends <laughs> but um yeah I mean it's really just be- it's, it's just really been organic I think that's the best word of describing it and I think that's what makes me the happiest I'm I have kind of like a weird relationship with the internet in general, especially social media. So like it's been, it's been funny. It's been interesting, but it's been really cool and really rewarding.
1: I feel like I remember when you did like that first like fashion week, sort of, it didn't feel like super official the way it it feels a little more official now, still like very sort of, um, it's like the most officially casual review of any show. And I think that's why I like to go to you. I find myself going to you first rather than like going to read what Luke has written on Vogue or like whatever. Um, He covers a lot of the men's shows, but it just feels more real, like a real thing. Like obviously you're not in anyone's pockets and nobody's in yours and you're just, literally saying what it is you feel about this from the perspective of someone who has a background in design who's on the street in new york who's like seeing what's going on and it just feels like it doesn't feel so perverted or corporate yet i don't know what your intentions are i mean i know i speak for myself like when i see some like a comma and some zeros i'm like yeah i'll say whatever the fuck you want me to say but i think you have a little more integrity than me <clears throat> yeah, yeah, never. Uh not yet anyway. But I think you have a little bit more integrity than me. And it's just it has been really interesting to watch it grow into something where I'm like this is I think the sort of coverage to use the word that Garrett used that everyone is kind of looking for because I think we're like you said like we're all kind of tired of reading the same opinions about the same designers and we know it's not good but we're reading that it's good. And so I feel like we're thinking like, oh, maybe it's not so bad when things are, we're actually, well, right now, especially I, in my opinion, things are not very good right now. And, you know, I I talk more specifically about menswear when I talk about fashion, but in general, I'm just, I haven't been overwhelmed by anything or underwhelmed. I mean, I just like it, I don't have a positive or a negative reaction to anything and that's what's concerning me. Usually I at least hate something but we're not even there. I'm just so bored. Um, speak on, can you speak on that a little bit for me? Cause like, I feel very strange about where we are right now.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think fashion right now is at a very interesting place where being a designer is really hard right now. Right. Like you, and I, I, I think again, like going back to something you were saying is that this, my sort of, now quote-unquote brand of commentary has a lot to do with what i do which is being a designer right like my opinion isn't 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 only informed by whether or not i like things it's also about how things are made where things are made with what are they made right like what are made that what are they made from um, but it's also because i know the process like i sit on merchandising meetings i sit on marketing meetings i sit on design reviews i see i sit on like product reviews etc so like i know how decisions are made and i think i that has also informed a lot of sort of my perspective and in the, in the way in which things look at, look like right now, right? I think the the main issues you say is that everyone is pretty bored, but I think in my not so humble opinion, the reason why things are so boring right now is that too many, everyone is trying to please too many people, right? So like when you're a designer, you, you need to please a merchant you, and you need to make sure that like your merchants and your buyers are really happy with what you're making um, because if not, like it's not going to sell. But when you're a merchant, you need to make sure that like your buyers and then their customers are satisfied because if not, you're not doing your job, right? And when you're a buyer, if you don't get the right buy, if you don't get the right product that's going to be very comfortable, that's going to meet certain amount of numbers, then you messed up. So like that ends up becoming a sort of like, okay, we need to please people. And the problem with pleasing people, especially with brands, that are super large that the brands that that dominate sort of the conversation right is that now they're global now they're they're everywhere before these brands used to be yes still in a sort of way international but they they still they still used to have very specific markets now they're trying to push their themselves and their presence into a lot of markets so like when you have to sell a pair of pants and or a suit or a bag really especially bags to north america to latin america to africa to europe and asia how do you make sure everyone likes it you know and the best way of making sure that everyone likes it is that making sure that no one dislikes it and that makes things very palatable and very digestible is the word but that also makes things very unexciting they're very boring they're very easy to see and easy to consume which is not what used to happen before right before you had a, and when i say before i say pre-2010 or five maybe you had you you needed a visceral reaction for people to be interested now that's not the case you need you need a good name and a good celebrity for people to be kind of sold enough and sold enough right now is good enough
1: it almost makes me miss like the shock value of certain things and we're obviously very desensitized to any sort of shock with anything right now and like the first place my brain goes for shock value in the let's say past like 10 years was like, and this isn't even a fashion reference. It was like when Tyler, the creator started rapping and he ate a cockroach and then hung himself in a music video. Like it was shocking for whatever reason, the way he approached it, the way he did it, that it was like shocking to the, to the music world, I guess. And then since that, like, I can't, I can't remember being shocked by anything. And it makes sense now that you say that because no one's looking to shock anybody. As long as no one dislikes it, you know, it's going to sell. And I think that is just so sad. It makes me very sad because even the things I do like, I look at again and again and I'm like, I like it because it's not bad. I don't like it because it's good.
0: I guess where my mind goes though, when, Jose, when you say that is, um, it's kind of funny because I, I think you lay out like this, this really like relatable for, for anyone who's like in kind of like a more corporate design role, like I am in a corporate way of like this kind of chain of like translation, like all the approvals, all of the things like mm-hmm. that. But the interesting thing about fashion is like at the end of the day, it is still judged through the lens of like the head of design, right? Like it's like very much these names behind it. It's not like, I mean, honestly, you know, you see the headline, it's like Virgil Abloh's Louis Vuitton show. It's not even like Louis Vuitton show when, you know, we we know that like, and I, I feel like, the concerning public knows like most of these decisions were not made by him himself. Like, you know, that was just the like final stamp of approval or perhaps like the, the like direction or concept at the beginning. But yeah, it's a really interesting point about how like there are these structures in place which decide what goes to market that are more informed by capital, but are judged artistically um, against like a single vision.
2: That's actually super interesting because I I used to have the same opinion and the same perspective in terms of like, one would think that the public is very much aware that a creative director isn't necessarily making all the choices, a creative director isn't necessarily sitting down and sketching, right? That's how I used to think. But I've realized over the last couple, well, over the last year, really, that the more I talk to people that are not inside the industry, but adjacent to the industry, meaning that our very interested but don't work in the industry, yet at least, is that people have a different idea of how things work. And the reason why is because we are very used to a sort of narrative, right? Like when you look at the Double worst product, when you look at the RNI, i when you look at all of these sort of like cultural canon moments that encapsulate what it's like to work in fashion, you see very small teams, you see very hands-on bosses, you see very um very small and productive conversations right and like people think that 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 is the case within fashion today when in reality the bigger the brand and the more zeros after after the name then (laughs) then then the more people are making the choices right and it's what you're saying like there it is it is a chain of command that it's 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 a lot of hoping for approval. And like, I think that's sort of like the main misconception in fashion right now, that even when the public, and this happens a lot in my DMs, especially, that when a brand, when a really big brand like Louis Vuitton or um, I don't know, like even Celine, et cetera, when they, when they show things, Burberry is a good example. And Burberry is, is the perfect example, actually. When they start showing things, people are like, oh, why is Ricardo not doing this? Or why is it, why doesn't it look a certain way? Why doesn't it look better? Or why is it new, why why is it not new? And I was like, because it's easy when you compare the sort of concept of newness to an emerging designer, right? To an emerging designer who's not selling, to an emerging designer who doesn't, who's not accountable for really a lot of things. And not to say that emerging designers are not accountable, I'm saying that when you show your first season and you're not at a store yet and you don't have employees yet, that you, do not, you don't need to make sure that you have at least one hit, right? You can sort of like hope for the best and still be very honest mm-hmm. versus when you are at a brand that's much larger, that doesn't work that way. You have so many people that you're accountable for and responsible for it. At the end, you are in a corporation, right? And like, you have to make sure that like you're meeting, expe- again, expectations and like you're pleasing people a certain way. So like people tend to think that the reason why these bigger brands are not more, um, aggressive or visceral in, in terms of fashion and, and aesthetic and style is because they don't want to. But in reality is because in most cases you can't. It's, not, it's really not as easy. And I used to think that people, I guess, were more aware, but that's also me living in a bubble, right? Most of my friends are fashion designers. Most of my friends are editors or writers or stylists or work in fashion in a certain capacity or designers are designers or trained designers or something in the industry, right? That's my bubble, and so obviously when I, when I air my frustrations when I'm having drinks with the girls, everyone understands what I'm talking about. But that doesn't mean that that's gonna to happen to everyone else. And I think the same thing happens when you talk about editorial, when you talk about media, for example. Like Vogue looks the way it looks because of who it's trying to reach, not because they don't want to. They have incredibly talented people working there, right? They just, it's just sort of like where the industry is right now. And it's more of more an issue in system and not about talent because the talent is there.
1: I think that's where I get so frustrated is because I know historically some of these designers, especially like Ricardo or, you know, even uh, Celine, uh, he who must not be named for whatever reason, um, is that like, the, like you say, like the talent is there. And I know, you know, like, as you say, like those of us who are sort of in on it know that while this may still have certain strands of their vision or dna left in what we see it's very much not that anymore and i think it's interesting that you say it's not because like the brand doesn't want to or you know whatever it's i think what it comes down to also is that they don't really have to i mean you know alessandro's gucci is gonna sell as alessandro's gucci because that's what it is and you know the same with you know this that and the other and it's just very interesting that we talk about all this and then on the other side of things in my brain at least it's like I'm thinking about how like TikTok is influencing fashion because like I'm not a contributor to any of the content on TikTok but I look at it and I look at especially like my algorithm feeds me a bunch of the fashion stuff and how certain things Look on there and even like some of just like the general content creators on there, how they're dressing the like reconstructive surgery they're getting to sort of all look a certain way. And it's all just like being pushed in this one direction and you can't really tell which forces are pushing it there, but you can see where it's going and you see how it's affecting, you know, fashion you know, since that was what we're talking about, but you can also see how fashion is affecting it. And it's this like back and forth. And I can't tell if it's going in a circle or if they're being like pushed forward or it's just like, it's really interesting to watch because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if it's something like we're going to get to a certain point and then all this really cool creative shit's going to happen. And I'm going to be like, holy fuck, that's awesome. Or if we're just going to like keep going into this like sea of mediocrity that we seem to be in right now.
2: But don't you think have, they can exist in the same, at the same time?
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: Because the sea yeah. of mediocrity already exists at the same time. I was like, oh, that's
0: sickening.
1: That, and that's, that's where... Gonna... Yeah, go ahead, G. Yeah,
0: no, I was going to say, like, I, I, I feel like they do exist at the same time, and I think it is about the spaces. Like, I think that... I um, don't know. Well, I mean, this is a bias in that I don't like the platform, but I think any, like, fashion on TikTok will always be bad because like it is, the, the platform right like when i first became aware of it like the whole um thing was like people do these someone dances and someone like recreates it someone does like this specific thing and someone recreates it so it's like this chain of like recreating things but i think that there, there are some really weird and cool trends going on like within subcultures i think I, at least I feel like I see this more just like being in New York, but it's like there's still like this neighborhood by neighborhood identity. Like people in Chinatown dress a certain way, people in Bushwick dress a certain way. Um, like you go like you go to Chinatown Lower East Side, it's like everyone is wearing like these insane like Marion Sare, like Colina Estrada like really tight like yeah uh, like tops, and it's in- it it is insane. It's like the most, like, the craziest stuff on the runway, like, is in the streets. But, um, yeah, I don't think you'd ever see that on TikTok.
2: But you know what's funny about that is that, <clears throat> and I actually was just talking about this with um, my friend on my podcast episode that came out recently. Um, the subcultures are on TikTok as well. And what's actually really interesting is that TikTok is a very easy to dismiss platform because of the fact that it's very immediate and it's very it's very crafty, if you wanna put it that way. When you look at, at Instagram, the work that you see on Instagram, the photos that you see on Instagram, the content that you see on Instagram is pretty fabricated, right? It's like very produced.
1: Like refined, yeah.
2: Exactly. It's like actually highly produced, like influencers, photographers, content creators, everyone makes sure that the content that is there is the final form of whatever they want to show, which doesn't happen on TikTok. On TikTok, kind of like what's valued is a sort of process, a sort of BTS, a sort of like, hey, I just woke up, I'm getting dressed, look at this, or like, hey, um, I was in bed, but look at what my dog is doing, et cetera. Like that's kind of like the immediacy of it, right? which is why again it's easy to dismiss it but what's very interesting to me is that for example what i see on my tiktok is an amalgamation of a lot of things right i try to make sure that my tiktok doesn't have a lot of fashion mainly because my instagram is about fashion specifically so i i tiktok for me is like the, the half an hour of the day that i allow myself to like not look at fashion um so like when i go into my tiktok i see People from back home. I see like a lot of content from like Colombian content creators, from um, Colombian and Mexican content creators. Really, are the most like Spanish speaking content that comes on my on my feed. But then when it comes to English speaking content, there's like some European artists, or there's like um, a lot of like American influencers, for example. And that's kind of where you see the little subcultures. It's exactly what you're saying as well, and it it, it comes across. Maybe not as specifically in the fashion, but it comes across in the sort of tone of content and in the sort of nature of the content as well. And this is where for me, TikTok is a very interesting place. I'm actually currently very fascinated by TikTok. Um, same. Because what's really interesting for me about it, to me about it is that like all of these subcultures that we saw out of TikTok over the last year, like that trend that you're talking about, that everyone is wearing like the sort of like, Colin Estrada, Charlotte Knoll, Supreme Supre like super like tight bandeau tops, dressing like Bella Hadid, etc. That's one thing that came out of TikTok. Like the girls mm-hmm. were dressing that way, you know, with a little Prada hand, handbag, like that sort of like vintage Depop aesthetic is coming out of TikTok. So like then you see it on the New York girls, because the New York girls are a, quote unquote in, and they're also the, the people that are selling on the on Depop, you know? So like yeah. it's interesting to see how how those subcultures that existed on TikTok or, or, like, were brewing on TikTok over the last year are some now making it back out into
0: the streets. Wait, so should I get on TikTok? I've been very, uh, you know, gatekeep, boss gaslight. I, I don't have the app. I don't have... I, I look at Instagram real. Or, like, when people send me TikTok.
1: Your I'll age is TikTok showing.
2: Because... <laughs> and
0: I'll actually send you TikTok so we can, like,
2: discuss um but what's really funny about this in general is that like I used to be the same way I used to be very much like I'm not gonna have TikTok like I'll see it when you send it to me or like we all did what's the point like I'll see it on Instagram like I was very much that person because again I spend a lot of time on Instagram like I probably spend as much time as I spend working on on the on the job that pays my rent as as I spend on Instagram that is the job that doesn't pay so like I used to be like I'll just get it on Instagram but here's a T. The reality is that the, the the TikToks that you will see on Reels are finished, are finished product, because people that are posting and, and what I call double exposing content on both channels are still picking and choosing what is worthy, quote unquote, worthy of going on Instagram. So like again, if your Instagram is the finished version of yourself and your TikTok is sort of like your close friends, allegedly, right? Even though TikTok has much more exposure. Then why you that what people are choosing to put on Instagram is the finished dance, not the BTS, not the process. They're not putting like the, the the funny videos of of them their pajamas, like pr- pranking their boyfriend necessarily, or I don't know, like trying on a new fit. Like they're not putting that specifically. They're putting the final stuff. They're putting what's quote unquote Instagram worthy, what's finished. Mm-hmm. So the moment I actually got TikTok and I was like, okay, let's 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 play around. What are the girls doing? I was like, oh. I was only scratching the surface by looking at sort of like the Instagram edit. Right. Because the reality is that the Instagram edit it's still highly curated. And that's why both of these platforms still have such a strong presence because they're, they both do very different
0: things. Right.
1: hundred percent. I was so adverse to TikTok. Cause I was like, I'm too old for this. Honestly. Like that was my first thought is like, this feels like a very, Young person's game, and it doesn't seem like it's for me. And then I don't know what it is. I think that algorithm is just so goddamn powerful. Mm-hmm. And like it knew within like two weeks to show me videos of like vintage cars, tennis players, and like dogs. And I was like, what the fuck? I've been on this thing for li- literally like no time. What would take my Instagram explore page like months to catch up on? This thing has me dialed in figured out in no time and it's like it's really crazy how it can suck you in if you're not careful because like i find i don't know if you guys experience this i find it hard to get sucked in to instagram content
2: because i, I can get except mine people, right except <laughs> mine.
1: only yours yours is the Thank only you. one that you're probably the only reason i still have instagram to be honest um <laughs> But it's just like I I find myself opening and then immediately shutting Instagram so often. Whereas if if like I'm lying in bed and I open TikTok, oh, there's, it's over. An hour, there's an hour at least gone.
2: But what that's why TikTok has the sort of like announcements. I don't know, they never pop up on me because like I made a promise to myself that I would never spend more than half an hour on TikTok.
0: You're very um, brave.
2: And so far I've been like pretty good about it. But my friends keep sending me screenshots of like they get a video once you're like an hour in that's like oh you should take a break which I think is hilarious right but like the reality is that and I think it's funny also that people are looking at TikTok like it's new right like we we had Vine Mm
0: -hmm. we had
2: YouTube we had YouTube at the beginning of it we had Instagram at the beginning of it and like it. They all started in like very similar ways, right? Like at first, mm-hmm. you're like, "Oh, I'm not gonna join that. Like, that's not for me." And I was like, "Oh, I watched one." And then it was like, "You follow." And this is what happens. You you get pretty convinced by the one content creator. There's always that one person that you find that you're like, "Oh, should I? Should I watch this? Like, should I engage with this?" And that's what's been happening with TikTok. And that's why TikTok right now dominates so much of the conversation because it's really not only about fashion or pop culture, or whatever. But you look at music, like a lot of the music that is dominating sort of like the mainstream conversation is very popular on TikTok, you know, a lot, and there's dances for it. And it goes like Olivia Rodrigo is a perfect example of that, right? Like it's a quote unquote trend. It's a trending thing. And that happens and and, and ripples around so many things. Like, do you really think that either of us would know who Olivia Rodrigo is, who stars on High School Musical, the series on Disney Plus? Like, I, I I'm young, but I'm not that young.
1: I would never have listened to that album. I would never have listened if it was not on TikTok. Exactly. Honestly,
2: and the reality is that maybe if, like TikTok didn't dominate so much of the conversation. She wouldn't be as famous, um, popular right now either, because you you can say like a lot of people say I'm too old for TikTok, but like no one really is. My mom is on TikTok. My mom loves TikTok. Mm-hmm. And she spends so much time on TikTok as well. She sends me the funniest shit in the world, right? But she's also exposed to a lot of things. But it's funny because now. 17-year-olds, 25-year-olds, 30 and 35 and so on are exposed to similar content depending on your interest. So if you're on Instagram and you're liking photos of vintage cars or you're texting your dad about your vintage car or whatever you're doing about vintage cars, the content will show up. It doesn't matter if you are a 20-year-old, a 25-year-old, 45-year-old, the content will show up because it's an algorithm. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. it doesn't matter like it's more about the conversations that you're having or what you, what you quote-unquote, wanted to show you, which is why it's so addictive. But the reason why I find it so interesting is because the three of us can be interested in very different things, but if we have one thing in common, then we can find the same video.
0: Mm-hmm. I should give it a try. I don't know. I guess part See, of the- this is what happens. <laughs> yep. See, well, no, but I'm still hesitant. And part of the reason why is like, I don't know. The thing that I don't like about it, I I don't feel like I'm too old for it. I feel like a lot of people in our age group are power users, whether or not they'll admit it or not. But Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm most hesitant about, like, the fact that it incentivizes, like, this, like, replication or, like, I I, I think, like, what we're circling around is, like, there's lots of trends that start in TikTok. And, like, there are trends exist because multiple people do them, right? But, Mm -hmm. like, trends are cycling faster and faster, I think, as a result of this. I don't know, I kind of like I don't really care one like maybe that's just because this is more of, if it's like an age thing I like, I feel like I've like arrived at those types of things Um, and also i I don't really like I'd rather go and see the heavily produced like the like you say the final content like I think I would rather do that so. I don't
1: know. I think that that comes down to what you value. You know, I think you value a finished product more personally, if I can speak on your behalf. Um, And that's, you know, I'm not like attempting to, to chastise anyone for that uh, because I'm a slut for a finished product. You know, I love a good, like influencer photo. It's the reason I still follow some of the Kardashian Jenners, like, you know, so on and so forth. Like there's, there's, merit to that kind of content and it's why a lot of us are still on instagram like but on the other hand i think the reason we all still are into stuff like tiktok or even you know youtube if you want to take it there yeah is because of like like you say jose like the the behind the scenes sort of like it's that raw content that you don't really see because even the quote-unquote like raw style content you see on instagram has been through that uh like filtration that somebody put it through to get it to to use your phrase like instagram worthy and that's become like our standard it's not even like editorial worthy speaking in terms of fashion or anything like that like is it worthy enough to go on instagram if so then that's the end all be all i mean it's where i see it's where i see everything first either well i see everything on instagram second and because it was usually on Twitter first. Twitter is where I yeah. go for everything.
2: I mean, Twitter. Twitter is. <laughs> I find I find it so interesting that Twitter is the one that's been running for the longest time, but it's a more niche one today. Um, but for me, it'll always be the the Twitter is the one. But um, what I actually find really interesting about what you just said is that the main reason I have a lot, obviously, a lot of conversations about Instagram, right? A lot of conversations about Instagram content. It's interesting because. Half of the people that I talk to feel the same way as you. People are like, oh no, I love Instagram because as Gary was saying, like, I like the finished product. I like gravitate towards kind of like the and I hate this word, the curated version of things, right? The other half of them are I don't use Instagram anymore because it's too finished, it's too boring, it's too Mm
0: -hmm.
2: it's too again curated, right? Mm -hmm. Which is again why. And this duality, this sort of like binary is why both of them are so popular. Because the girls that are still attracted to the finished product and that still want the sort of, again, curation of content still gravitate towards Instagram versus the people that actually don't want that anymore and just want to be entertained in a different way gravitate towards TikTok. And then there's people that are in between that are just bored and like myself, for example. Like I go into Instagram and I look I scroll down like five times and then i only really look at stories but even when i'm looking at stories i'm like instagram for me has become some sort of like a creative linkedin right where i like go in and now i have things to do when i go into instagram like before all i had to do when i went to instagram is be entertained by my friends right all i had to do was go in and be like okay what is Garrett doing what is color doing what is so and so and so and so and, so and, so. and once i did that i was like cute you know or like I don't know. It was like 1 a.m. Like, let me go into Instagram and look through with some voice, right? That's all I had to do. Versus now, when I go into Instagram, I, I have to sit down and like reply to my DMs. I have to sit down. I usually have something to post. Like the reason why I open the app is because I need to post something. So like my my sort of Instagram experience has changed a lot in terms of like now I'm not there for the content. I'm there just to sort of like deliver something, right? Once Which you
1: see those once you see those blue checks in your DMs. Everything changes.
2: <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's really just, again, it's like, and social media again is very personal, right. Which is why like when I, when my Instagram was personal, I hated Instagram. Like I hated how time consuming it was. I hated to feel like I needed to curate myself for someone, even mm. though I, there was that quote unquote, someone didn't exist. Right. Mm. Versus now, believe it or not, I enjoy Instagram much more. Because even though more people are exposed to what I'm sharing, even though that people have a lot of opinions on what I'm sharing, I, I'm, much more, I'm much more confident in my thoughts and my opinions and my knowledge than I am on um, the cute outfit that I can post.
1: In a way, it's like, it's like more personal now.
2: Exactly. And like, now my relationship with Instagram is much more fun. Now I can be like, okay, let me go and let's talk to the girls. Let's have a little bit of fun. And then when I'm done, I'm done. Right. Before I was like, am I getting enough likes? Like, are people unfollowing me? Like now if people unfollow me, I don't care because I know that if someone unfollowed me is because I sort of struck a sort of nerve. Right. Mm. And I'm like, if you don't want to be here, then that's fine. Like I unfollow people on a daily basis because I know that I am myself deciding what I want to see if I don't want to see you then that's fine right but before when the photos were all mine I know of my face I took it personally because I was like why do you mean you don't want to see my
0: face yeah well I I think that's like the other thing too with like being in the creative industry I kind of treat it the same as you like I've never thought of it that way but you're right I do treat it like a creative LinkedIn like I'm posting just as much of myself as I am sometimes work or like even sharing to my stories like freelance stuff that I've been working on or things that are like out out in the world or honestly just like weird weird things that are like generally part of like in like the brain compartment um -hmm. like a creative exercise but when i think of people like um so like my sister is is a good example she is like a uh, really talented like psychology researcher um she's like doesn't work in a creative industry like if i see her scrolling through instagram it's literally just group photo after group photo, couple photo, like it's all photos of people. And if I open up and scroll mine, like it's very rarely people. It's like restaurants or food or like uh, like a detail on like an outfit or even clothes on a mannequin. Like it's, it's so rarely like a, a photo. And I guess maybe, I think in some ways you kind of lucky. Like I, I, yeah, I think you're right. Like I would hate it if it was all personal. Same. Like, yeah.
2: And I think I was actually talking about this with um, one of my good friends, because I was like, I was talking about my Instagram, the way it looks and what you're saying right now. Like when I go into Instagram and I scroll down, it's, (laughs) it's a lot of obviously fashion. There's a lot of like, quote unquote content. So like people that are like influencers that are, that are now, I guess, my friends or like editors or writers or people like either sharing, everyone is sharing a version of their work, right? If you're an influencer, sharing a photo of yourself and a look is your work. Like if you are uh, an stylist, if you're a stylist, a photographer, if you are anything, whatever you share now on Instagram, which is why I was saying it's a sort of creative LinkedIn for me. Um, and then when I see a photo of like my friends from back home and it's a selfie and it's like a group photo, I'm like, oh my God, cute, you know, good for you girl. And I keep scrolling. <laughs> um, but I was talking about this with my friend cause I was like, why do you, is it, it's so weird that Instagram has become this. And he was like, well, for you, it's become that. And this, again, mm-hmm. is when I say that we exist in a sort of bubble as well, right? <laughs> yes, we can be so aware to like what's happening around us. But when it comes to the sort of people we talk to on a daily basis, we exist in a bubble. Because right here, we're talking about right now, like the way our con- we interact with content, the way we see Instagram, et cetera. And again, like the reason why both of you gravitate to the finished product is because you are used to delivering finished product. You're used to needing things to meet a certain standard. When you're a lawyer, when you work in psychology, when you work in other fields, your finished product has nothing to do with like an Instagram visual, in most cases, right? So then, what's finished product on Instagram for you is,
1: is like literally, a, yeah, your personal
2: a, life a photo, exactly. So like, th- again, we exist in a bubble. So like our our experiences are very niche in terms of these platforms.
1: Damn. Yeah. I really, now that you say that you have let me know how I'm using this thing. And now I'm like, okay, that's an existential crisis for another day and another cup of coffee, but it's very true.
2: It's funny because you become very hyper aware of like, again, your, how your interactions have changed and depending on what you do. Right. And again, I think it's really hilarious. Like when I talk to my dad and my dad is like, he's like, oh, what are you doing, I'm like, oh, I'm writing an article, he's like, what's your article about, and I was like, oh, I'm writing for whatever piece, and it's about um, the high fashion Twitter, Met Gala, and he's like, what is that, and I'm like, well, high fashion Twitter is this, the Met Gala is this, and then they did this, and he's like, oh, interesting, and then he's (laughs) like, what else, what else do 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 you do at work, and then I, like, tell him about my meetings, right, and it's like, oh, we have product review, and then merchant. he's like, you really talk about this kind of stuff all day long with everyone you talk to. And I was like, yes. And I I do. I understand how bizarre that is. I understand that I can spend an afternoon talking about someone about a jacket and it's, it's actually hilarious. And I know that it's a very niche and a very specific sort of experience, right? And the reason, the moment I was aware of the fact that like these sort of experiences are very niche like, yes, they happen to a lot of people, but they don't happen to everyone. Mm. I was like, oh, like my experience with these apps has changed a lot. Which is why I think it's so funny right now. And going back to the first question that Garrett asked me, like when I look back at what my Instagram was and when I look back at like, the other day I was archiving photos of like when we were in college, you know? And I was like, oh, no one needs to see this, right? This is kind of, this, this is, like, kind of cringe that they're still there. But it's <laughs> funny because like, my experience used to be that my experience used to be like oh look my friend is in Hong Kong studying abroad good for her like where is she zoom in right and now whenever I see a photo of a person I'm like is that Rick Owens and I zoom in because yep. I know most likely that the girl is probably wearing Rick Owens why because she likes it and why because I know her because she's a Rick fan and she posts about Rick all day long that's my follower an example right so our experiences with them have become very niche and have become very specific which is again like Why, when I try to be on TikTok, I try to be on the sort of quote-unquote real world. Because when I talk about fashion all day, I don't need someone to be talking to me about fashion. I need you to show me like your cute dog. And I need you to show me your boyfriend. Because that's what I'm actually missing.
1: It's so funny that you say this because, okay, so I've been living with my parents for about the last year. And they live in South Carolina. It's a very normal quote-unquote place for the Southern United States. And there's not a lot that goes on here creatively, like at all. Um, There's, you know, no basis for it here. And so the people that I see on a regular basis, like the friends I've made in the last like year or so, um, my life partner and her friends, like it's just, they, I can't talk to them about a jacket for two hours or, you know, I can't, and my parents are like, you know, ask me things. And it's like you, what you were saying about your dad. It's like, it's just not for everybody. And I, I had come out of the, the bubble of school and come right back to my hometown. And it's just like, I, I, I need this content from, it's like I did a, a full 180 because i went from like living in the bubble and only seeing like my outside world content online mm-hmm. now all of that is right in front of me and so i find myself like yearning constantly for fashion talk fashion content like the thing that i feel like i'm missing right now cuz i don't have a lot of places immediately in my daily life where i can get that like i just I don't because even like my mom's into fashion right you know like a mother would be and i'll give her this that she's more aware and she knows a lot more about fashion than the typical mother hats off to myself for that but still it's it to kind of circle all the way back to what we were talking about before it's like someone who's not even really adjacent to the industry would have no way of knowing why things are the way they are right now and she sees something she likes it she knows why she likes it she knows that's a good fabric she knows this is a good cut for her that's a nice design detail but really nothing past that so it's like it's another level deep but it's not all the way in and it's just it's really interesting to to kind of observe how honestly like this whole last year has been me observing how normal people live their lives and realizing Wow, okay, this is not what I've been living in for the past like five years of my life. Um, But, you know, to kind of do another circle back, Garrett brought up something interesting that hasn't left my mind about trends and what we see on like TikTok, Instagram, in person. Like, you guys are in New York. You see a lot that's going on right now. I'm in South Carolina. These people are still like, you know, five years back generously maybe more and it's funny because you'll see certain things like you'll see as weird as it sounds like you'll see a brand new rolls royce in a gucci bag here and there but it's still like to use this like tiktok word it's still like reads as like chuggy or it's like it's like it's still off center it's not all the way up to speed and so by falling short it looks like way behind and it's so strange to me because like I probably look like an alien when I go out to eat here or whatever, you know, it's, I have my like pointed Celine mules on and a pair of like Carhartt pants. And then I have like this like long leather kimono style jacket. And like, I probably look like, like the joke I get the most is like, Oh, did you just come from a funeral? And it's like, you know, it's like people here, they still wear, you know, camo and just like, or like, Vineyard vines, polos, and shorts. And it's just very, it's almost like the people here are blissfully unaware of what's going on in the rest of the world. And that's really interesting to me to be living in a different bubble. It's like I went from one bubble to another. And, but seeing how trends affect this place has been really interesting.
0: It's funny you say that because I live in two bubbles. I live in, in New York and I'm going to the places where I see these things. So then the neighborhood I live in, Parks Slope, is totally immune from all of these, it is, like, people that wear, like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, like, kind of, like, shitty hippie, I guess, is the best way to describe it. But, <laughs> um, it's, like, in some ways, like, you look at people and be like, oh, do they listen to drawing fits because everyone is wearing Birkenstocks? But then you realize, like, they've been wearing that same pair of Birkenstocks for a decade. Um,
2: but, like, what's funny about what you both are saying is that, and I, I go back to what you just said, blissfully in blissfully unaware, um, Keller, because the reality is that everyone is sort of blissfully unaware that the, the core customer of every brand is blissfully unaware of all the things as they should be. Like mm. in my mm. personal opinion, like a lot of the conversations that I personally have on Instagram are very esoteric. They're very specific and they're very niche. When I talk about a brand today, 2021, referencing Phoebe Philo Celine stuff that was out a decade ago, This is about me talking about this. And this is me talking with the girls about it. And we can all have a certain opinion about it. But the bottom line is that the customer today, the woman that is going to shop that brand today, the role, Bottega, whatever, doesn't care. She doesn't care that Phoebe did this 10 years ago. It's not about that. What she cares about is that she thinks it's cute. She likes it and she can afford it.
1: It's right in front of her right now. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And the reality is that if you like your Vineyard Bynes polo shirt, what are you going to do? You're going to go get it. Because what? That's how this works. Now, we have a different relationship with this because we have different knowledge. And just as a lot of people have different specific knowledges of other things, you know, I don't know any. I know we were talking about this earlier. I don't know anything about wine. I don't care to know anything about wine. I love when someone knows about it because I don't have to make a decision. Same thing with beers. <laughs> but when I go to to a store to buy wine, to go bring out a friend, to go bring a designer studio, to go bring anywhere where I'm invited to, I look at a pretty label and I'm like, oh, that's cute. Let's go, you know? Same. So
0: like, I, especially because I'm sober. <laughs> okay. so I, I know a lot about wine I still do that. Like, I'm like, okay, I know what I want. I want a chilled red from this region. And then I'm like, which one of those has the best label <laughs>
2: but see like and that's that's also the thing like the more you know about something the more sort of specific you can be about it and the more of a snob you can be about it as well like i can be very snobbish in terms of fashion i like my pants a certain way i like things to fit me a certain way and whether it's uniqlo or jw anderson it has to fit me a certain way and in most cases it's most likely to be uniqlo than jw anderson because I i don't get paid enough to live in jw anderson you know But the bottom line is that I get to be snobbish about the things that I know about and like about. The same way other people with different hobbies or passions get to be snobbish about the same thing. We're all customers of something. We're all consuming something. We just all live and we just all have different perspectives with different products. So the way I am with fashion, I'm not with everything else. The way Garrett is with wine is is not the way he is with everything else. Some things you just like and something you just want to buy. And that has to be fine, which goes back to what we're talking about earlier in terms of brands. The reason why a lot of brands look the same and a lot of brands are making the same bag, for example, is that people are buying the same bag. Period. The bottom line is that if people are buying it, if people are consuming it, if it ain't broken, why fix it? That part. Because I, because me with 6,000 followers is sitting down and talking shit about it on Instagram. Who cares? You know, that's the bottom line. And that's also why I have fun doing what I do. The other day I was talking about Bottega and like someone was in my DM saying like, you should should leave Daniel Lee alone. And I was like, girl, Daniel Lee doesn't care about what I have to say. I was like- He's going to
1: sleep fine tonight. I mean-
2: I'm like, he's going to be just fine. I can like his collection or not and nothing is going to happen. I was like, this is discourse. It's conversation. It's entertainment. You know, and that's it. And I'm not diminishing my work. I'm very self-aware of- what I do and how good I am on it but I'm also I'm also very aware of the fact that like it's more about me me having a community and me having a little platform with specific people that enjoy the same things that I enjoy than about changing the industry Mm. the work I do on the side with emerging designers within the the brand that I work at that can change the industry in a different way okay so
1: speaking of emerging designers who's next up who should we be looking, especially in menswear? Who, because I'm seeing like, I see some stuff that has potential, but I want to know from you, like, a, where's menswear in your opinion going, and who's taking it there?
2: I think this is really funny because I knew you were going to ask me this question. <laughs> um, I knew you were going to ask me like, where's <laughs> going, or you were going to ask me what menswear is for me. Um, and I think the best way of answering this is that like, the people today defining menswear are not designers; they're merchants the people today designing what goes into a men's store are not the designers designing it, mm-hmm. are the merchandisers putting it on the store. Which means that when you look at the people defining men's, where you don't necessarily need to look at designers, you need to look at customers. Sorry, there's a motorcycle. Um, <laughs> you need to look at customers. You need to look at the way people are dressing, you know, and that's, it's like, what are people wearing? You know, is it about proportion? Sure. It's mainly about proportion today. Right. So like what designers okay. have, are either define in proportion. Like Head Manor, for example, is a designer right now that is working a lower proportion. I'm a huge fan. On one corner, there's that, right? But like what happens when you're talking about knits, for example, when you're talking about knitwear, when you're talking about like, what are the, the Brooklyn, the Bushwick gays wearing two, $3 bill to like celebrate pride? They're wearing a tank top. They're not wearing a three-piece suit. What is the tank top? It's Kingsley. Why? Because it has interesting cuts and it references Helmut Lang. It's Flemons, but why? Because James is really talented at knits and he knows how to cut for the body. So like those are the the more specific niche designers that I talk about because it's really more about how the customer interacts with your pieces than what you're designing. Which is why going back into like what, how TikTok has an influence with fashion, it's really interesting to me to see, for example, this season, menswear looks incredibly gay. You know, when you look at Fendi, like mm-hmm. doing crop oh my tops, God, yeah. jackets and like waist chains, you know, when you look at like Prada and Rafa and like do again, crop tops and tiny little shorts and like, um, and whatever, I'm like girl, like who, who is influencing this, you know, exactly where people, why? Because they are dominating the conversation in terms of where they are and where are they TikTok? Where are they the most visible social media? Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting, and again, it's like little NASA X, choice event. Like the customer right now is the one that's designing, deciding, sorry, not designing. So obviously now designers have a choice and have a lot of a voice, but really what, what drives the next thing, the next big thing, is how people dress. And to know how people are dressing, you need to look outside, you need to look at TikTok, you need to look at Instagram. Because these days, it doesn't necessarily matter what brand you're wearing as much as it did before. Obviously, there's still a lot of hype, and there's still a lot of hype around specific names, right? But when you, again, when you look at Depop or when you look at thrifting, all of that culture about, around that is really just styling. It's how how you're styling yourself based on what you look at.
1: Yeah, I mean, it. I wholeheartedly agree with you that the conversation now is so much... I mean, even when I was like... You know at Billy Reed all of like our boards on the wall for the collection we were working on they had fabric swatches on them and then they had like street style photos of you know like Billy's trip to Copenhagen or the last time he was in LA and it was like half of our silhouettes were redrawn and redesigned based on these like street style photos and then like superimposing the fabric underneath them for our design meetings and this was you know like two years ago that that was happening and so it when you say that it makes sense that it really is like about looking out like literally going outside seeing what's happening and it like absolutely that's why fashion is you know so gay right now and especially menswear and Cause like I, when I saw the Fendi show, I was like, wow, this is not what I expected from Fendi and, you know, hits and misses aside, like there was stuff there that, you know, is a direct reflection of the content that's being created. And then it's just like interesting. It's an interesting phenomenon that the content that gets created from something that is influenced by content, seeing how that will translate into what's next, because it could very easily become like cyclical. You know, it could just like be this, like fashion's always been a circle jerk, but in this case, this like circle of just like creating things for content. And then that content influencing what's created is like, how do we break into that or how does something else from the outside break into that and sort of disrupt it?
2: But the question that I have for you now and for both of you really is, Is it a circle or is it a spiral? Because the reality is that like for us, it's very easy to say like, oh, it's a never ending circle, right? Like it starts and it ends in the same place. Mm. But does it start and then like spiral up? Because we we think things aren't moving. But when you look back, things are moving a lot. When you look again back into menswear what was dominating the conversation when i was in college versus what the conversation now is very different right very, very. when you look five years ago 10 years ago let's look at models what like models for me are a very interesting way of understanding what's in more than the clothes themselves right mm-hmm. what is the model look you know when you look 30 years ago then you look 10 20 years ago and then 10 years ago there's very different things happening in terms of casting so like who right now is dominating the conversation in terms of casting today, right? Like you look at the way Demna casts at before Vetmans Mons and now Balenciaga, the way Alessandro casts at Gucci, the way brands like Christopher Jean Rogers are casting, the way brands like Jacquemus are casting. Like the fact that he wants to cast Bella, Kendall, and a dude on the same show says something about who he wants to dress, you know? So like, I do think things are changing and I do think that like things are changing little by little. The thing is we're too far in to really be able to appreciate the sort of change. I'm not saying that's growth, I'm saying it's change because things do look different little by little. And like, again, when you look two years ago, a year ago, how I was out on runways versus what you look at right now is very different. And it's not only because of the pandemic. Yes, it has a lot to do with it but it's not only because of the pandemic. It's also because people dress differently. You know, I don't dress the same way I used to dress two years ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, neither do you.
1: Yeah, I vividly
2: exactly. remember a very preppy Keller.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, like it was not very long ago that I was wearing a lot of color, a lot more collared shirts. Um,
0: and if, if you Google Keller Corbett, one of the first girls that comes up, he's wearing a navy blazer with a pink rep pack Please don't,
1: please don't Google me. Uh, <laughs>
2: I'll Google you um i I don't google myself but i will google you um but that's what i'm saying like the reality is that things do change and like things are growing and changing in a very specific way like whether or not we would like to realize it is a very different thing and the reason why again it's hard for us to realize is because we're too far in Hmm. you know so like for me it's very easy to look at our collection and be like oh this is rick owens ss20 who cares? You know, on the outside, who actually cares? Just because us. What? Because if it looked like that, exactly. If it looked like that two years ago and it, it looks like that again now, or it's a reference to that, it only matters what you're looking at today. And it only matters where you're going to be able to work tomorrow, 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 not in, not in six months, you know, but that's also what's growing the conversation because again, when, And I read this very interesting article that was like um, about returning to school. You know, like what are kids dressing now that they return to school? How did you dress before and how you dress now after being exposed to TikTok and all these TikTok subcultures? Things are changing. Fashion is changing. We don't necessarily have to like it, but it's going somewhere.
1: I feel like now that you say it's like, things are changing, I guess, so quickly that it seems like they're not changing, like, you know, when a, a, like your ceiling fan is moving so fast that it just doesn't look like it's moving. It, I, I think that's what's happening, at least in my brain, the way I'm, you know, looking at things and perceiving things. It's like, yeah, things are just moving so quickly. And I guess that's part of the more generally the TikTok influence is that we're more sprung on immediacy now than we ever have been. Like, it's so hard. I feel like it would be An almost impossible task to design a collection, you know, for a year out when things are so dependent on the moment that, you know, we don't necessarily, you really have to focus on staying out ahead of now. And it's, you know, I would, now would be a great time to be a trend forecaster.
2: That's also why it's so hard to be an emerging designer today, because like, how do you make sure that you're not just off the moment? You know how do you make sure that you're not just a trend today how do you make sure that like what you're doing today is relatable tomorrow
1: yeah how do you solidify your place or it because it's not it's not solid it, you have to be fluid you have to move you have to
2: yeah so it's stay it's, moving because again like i mean guy like i i i'm i'm saying this your way because i think you have a different perspective than than i do specifically how how are people dressing like in terms of like what you experience when you go outside? Are people dressing differently than they dressed when you first moved to New York? I would like to
0: think so. Yes.
2: Do you, oh, dress, totally. when you dress when you weren't when you first came to New York?
0: Yeah, absolutely. When when I first came to New York, I, I actually changed the way I dress when I moved to New York, and I have changed it once again. Like I like did like a hard pivot, like to be like very like I live in Brooklyn, and, like nothing very has a collar anymore. Yeah, and then I have, like, kind of landed somewhere back in the middle.
2: See, and it's, it's one, it's environment, and two, it's just expanding taste, and it's just growth, right? I, I don't dress the same way I used to dress in college at all. One, because now I have more awareness. Now I'm, like, more aware of other things. Two, because my environment has changed significantly. And three, because my access has changed as well. Now Mm -hmm. I can afford a lot of things that I used to not be able to afford. Hopefully in two years, I'll be able to afford even more things, you know. But the bottom line is that like a lot of the things I was exposed to before, a lot of the things that I'm exposed to now, I wasn't exposed to before. Mm
0: -hmm. And it's not
2: only the girls out in like Mario Hernandez Park walking around. It's just, it has to do with Instagram, it has to do with TikTok, it has to do with the friends that I've made you know, I am much queerer now today that I was in college, because my friends in college were not queer, you know, yes, I had yeah. a lot of friends, but I didn't have any queer friends, and there is a difference, you know, versus today, my, my, my community in New York is incredibly queer, I am incredibly queer, you know, and that's, it, not everyone has that, so yeah. I am, out. Because of the fact that I talk to so many people about different things related to fashion and the way we dress, I am much more aware that the situation I find myself in today is not common to everyone. You know, like not everyone gets to like put on a pair of heels and like some fake nails and like go out with their friends and no one says anything. You know, no one is telling you like, oh, my God, you dressed up. No one tells me anything because that's just the way I look. No, no one's commenting on my appearance more than to say like, oh, is that Raf Simmons? You know, but if not, no one really cares. That wouldn't, that doesn't happen to everyone because not everyone has the same kind of friends that I do. You know, not everyone lives in the same place that I do. Not everyone experiences fashion the same way. So like, but at the same time, the next day I can just be like in basketball shorts, a T-shirt, and a baseball cup, no nails, and be projecting very mask. My friends are still not going to say anything. Because that is the way we interact with our appearances. That's the way we project our own gender expressions. But that's us. That's not specific to everyone. Queer people everywhere are different and they manifest in different ways. The same way that non-queer people manifest in different ways. What's fashion to you is not fashion to everyone else. To you, fashion can be selling loafers. To your friend, fashion can be Vineyard Vines polo shirt.
0: Yeah, it, it's really interesting, because I think, you know, and, and I know we're, we're nearing, like, the end of this, but I think it's really interesting, because we have, like, such a spectrum of, like, uh, uh, I, I guess, like, maybe outlooks on fashion, or maybe this is my assumption, but, like, um, I am probably the most, like, I guess, traditional, would you say, Keller, would you agree with that as well? Like, I, I feel like I definitely approach things like, a little bit more traditionally than uh, you do, like, even though you are, you are the one absolutely. creating classical menswear and, like, construction and things, like, <laughs> I am like looking for that more ironically when I'm buying stuff than you are. Because you're like...
1: Oh, 100%. Closer
0: to where, at where it's like, I, we all have awareness, but it's so funny. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's literally, for me,
2: the, the best thing about that is that that's, again, it's it's personal. Like fashion is meant to be personal. Fashion is meant to be very individual. And like, that's that's the way it kind of like has to be right? Like it's, I, again, like when people tell me something and they're like, Hey, this is so ugly. I'm like, it's ugly to you. And even when I talk about fashion today, when I comment on fashion today, I have the same experience, right? When people tell me like, Oh, Hey, um, when, when I say, Hey, I don't like this. I usually say, I don't like this probably because I either don't get it or I'm not the customer because now, now I'm more aware of that. Before I used to be like, girl, this is ugly and this jacket isn't cut well. If the jacket isn't cut well, I still say it. Like clothes that are not made well are poorly made for everyone. That's, that's like a one, one um, what's it called? That's like- Yeah, there's still some like
1: objectivity. There's, it's, it's an objective like fact that- yeah,
2: That's a fact, exactly. Versus when it comes to like taste, I don't, who was this? I think it was, I don't remember if it was Balenciaga or if it was but one of the two um, used to say, no, who was it? I don't know. I, I'll fact check myself and I'll let you guys know. But one designer I think was Balenciaga. I used to say that like, um, I think it was Coco Chanel had no taste and Schiaparelli had too much or, so, or had too much of it or something mm-hmm. like
1: that. Mm-hmm. I
2: will look it up and I'll, I will let everyone know so I can like, fact check Thank but you. i find that very interesting right because like to say that someone has no taste is a very radical thing and it's usually very is usually wrong because hmm. i have a specific taste and both of you have very different tastes as well what i like is not necessarily what you guys like and we can disagree on a lot of things you know but that's style that's fashion and that's again why there's so much fashion to to look at and so like which- so much content and so much everything.
1: But then on like on the side of that, there's also those like general things that are, you know, objective again. Like we can all look at um, like a Vicuna overcoat and we can all say like, oh, this is beautiful. Like mm-hmm. for what it is. And you can give each of us, all three of us that coat and it's gonna look totally different on Garrett, on you and on me because of who we are, because of how we style it, because of you know how we choose to incorporate it, if we choose to incorporate it into what we wear. And it's just like, it's on and on forever and ever. Everything's gonna be different all the time because of who is wearing it. And I think that's where my mind is now sort of like resting for the moment based on this conversation, is that everything in menswear right now is being influenced by the customer by who's buying it and that's what's pushing that forward that's what's moving that needle no pun intended but like it's now like affecting the way i'm like back thinking about even some of the stuff i've like swiped up on that you've posted jose and either talk about or agreed with you about or you know whatever it was that was said it's like now I'm thinking about that through this like lens of every everything is, or most things now are really influenced or customer influenced or buyer or like on the street. It's, it's very much organic in that way.
2: Yeah. And I think now the most important thing to realize is that like, how do you define menswear? Like what is actually menswear? Is menswear product made for men if so who are those men is menswear product worn by men what is menswear because if you if you say menswear is the men's jackets in the store a lot of people buy those and not everyone is a man is a, is a, is a male you know when you say menswear is what men are wearing on the street men are wearing a lot of things girl i can tell you that you know when you say so, so what is menswear? And I think that's a sort of kind of like something I that's on my mind today in terms of like what is what is an it bag? What is menswear? What is women's wear? And that's why for me it's so interesting that it's so defined by the customer today. You know, because in the in, in reality is like I know I design quote unquote mens bags, but also based on a lot of the feedback that I receive and a lot of data that I receive to keep designing, I know that the customer that buys these bags is not a hundred percent quote unquote male, mm. you know? So like-
1: all, all of those definitions are changing, like from what they're like commonly accepted to be, you know, cause if I were to ask one of my professors uh, back in school, what menswear was, they would each probably have give, given me a different answer. And if you ask, you know, any menswear designer, what menswear is, they're probably going to give you a different answer versus what I'm going to give you versus what you're going to give me.
2: I mean, I vividly remember um, a panel back when we were in college where uh, Mr. Keller and Mr. Graham Lewis and uh, Professor Lucas were talking about menswear. And it was a very specific and somewhat traditional perspective of what menswear is. Now, today, that idea is should be at least in the trash can
1: oh yeah my the way i've the way i understand menswear now has very little to do with a lapel and with canvassing and with you know pleated trousers like it's it's so separate from that now
2: that it's also because you have evolved in the way in which you dress as well
1: absolutely
0: I I think, too, that, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, like, I feel like those menswear traditional, too, like, it's funny, it, it like, became such, it was, like, this, um, people refer to it as, like, hashtag menswear, like, at, at this point in time when, like, social media became a thing, it was, like, this, like, Mad Men was out, and, like, all, and, uh, GQ was still run by Adam Rappaport, and people wore, and Tom Brown was fresh, and like mm-hmm. designing clothes for brooks brothers and like all of these things fighting together like became like the hashtag square. and like a lot of that has fizzled out and there's it's kind of like factions like there's like these these guys mostly in europe and like the uk and like sweden have like stayed very traditional and will be like dicks and like uh like very misogynist online and like they are like policing each other which is really really funny to watch Mm-hmm. um speaking of I circle think, jerks yeah no like truly like they just police each other like there are like people like wearing sweatpants everywhere and whatever which like this is nothing wrong you know not for me nothing wrong with it but it's funny they're like upset with one another because like they're like the pig stitching on each one another's lapel is like a centimeter too wide and like how how dare you do this on a on a two button jacket like this is so ivy like this should be a three button jacket if you're going to have like this 12 theme and like all of all of that is kind of still going on in like this much smaller community where I think very briefly and I think this probably overlaps too with like that talk that you're talking about was probably like twenty sixteen like still in the heyday of this. Like it's mm-hmm. so funny. I think so many people who are caught up in that Keller, myself, you know, don't know where Graham stands today, won't speak on, on their behalf, um, but uh, yeah, I, I think like many of us who were there, at least myself, like I took the craft aspect of it and none of the dressing. Like I have no problem. Like the last time I went to a really nice restaurant, I wore my nicest suit, very like, like, uh, well, like full canvas like, hand-sewn, and then I wore it with Dickie's painter pants and uh, these $18, like, martial arts shoes I, I got in Chinatown. So, like, I, I don't know. I think it's really interesting, too. Like, I, personally, I'm glad that I learned all all of those things, because at least for someone who isn't a fashion designer and who isn't trained, uh, as you both are, to, like, sew and make these garments, like, I know what to look for, and I'm okay if something is $20 or less like I just understand um yeah like where that is and I think like playing with both together is, is kind of what's fun for me now
2: and that's also what fashion is like we tend to think and again like I get a lot of like I post obviously a lot of fashion right and I think 80% of the people that I reply to those stories are very aware of fashion in a very specific way right they they talk about it with a lot of knowledge or with a lot of opinions um, versus like the other 20% are people that just really enjoy fashion, really just like it, but don't know anything about it. So like people will ask me and they will say like, oh, do people that wear like long pulling trousers or like big hems mind that they get messed up? Like, do people actually wear this? Or do, when we're looking at like, crop tops or like, crop jackets, like, or like, oh, do people actually like dress like this? Like, is this actually something that people like? Or like, and it's interesting, right? Because again, it's just a matter of one, yes, the knowledge, like the the and the exposure to it, which is why you're like what you're saying, guy. Like you're 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 so you're so aware of it. And these people that we're talking about, like are so aware of it that it's really hard to overlook it, right? Versus if you're maybe not as aware of it, then you get, you have a harder time trying to like understanding when you're faced, like front faced with it. But the bottom line for me is that like fashion is really about looking at the things that you're looking on a runway or in a magazine, on Instagram now, on TikTok, and seeing if you want to adjust them to you, you know? Like, and it's what you're saying right now. Like I, you wear these three things that probably in the past you would have never put together. But now you, you look at, again, Instagram, you look at, uh, well, you don't look at TikTok. Uh, (laughs) You look at Instagram, you look at Twitter, you look at all these things and you're like, Oh, that looks cool. That's interesting. I want to try that. And the next time you get dressed, you're either this like actively referencing or very passively referencing something that's in your mind. Right. But that's really what all of us do. You know, like when, I used to dress like a twink because I wanted to be a twink, you know, I wanted to be so skinny and I wanted to be like the skinniest little gay and be that girl. I was never that skinny. I'm never going to be that skinny, but I used to dress that way because on Instagram, that's what I was following. That's what I was interested in. That's mm. kind of like, that's what I wanted to project as. When I moved to New York, I wanted to project very mask. I got a bus caught. Um, I like <laughs> tried to start working out but that didn't work out as well. Um, but I dressed a very specific way to like to project a certain way, right? When I started working. And then over time, the more people I met and the more exposed to us to different things, I was like, oh, fuck all of this. You know, like this is this is what I am. And like, we're going to be fine with it. And some days I still feel very masked. And some days I feel very femme. And some days I want to be in like the road drag and like wear really big clothes and like tailor them and belt them and whatever. And some days I want to dress like a slut. And some days I just want to wear all black, which is usually my uniform, right? So, like, it really depends on, like, one, for me, what you want to project, but two, what what you're influenced in. That's fashion. Like, fashion is drag. In its purest form, fashion is costume. So, whether you want to give everyone business, whether you want to give everyone casual, that is a costume. You're projecting something. And now that we are so aware and we're so exposed to different projections, we imitate them. We reference them constantly. So going back to what we were saying earlier, you two were so into tailoring and hashtag menswear because you were so far deep into that, right? You were looking at all of this. You were looking at all these conversations, all these designers, all these celebrities weren't dressing a certain way. So obviously what was on your mind the moment you got dressed was that. You know, when I moved to to Georgia, in 2016, I was finally openly gay. And what I was looking at was, a lot of gay men and how they dressed because I wanted to project exactly the same way. I wasn't into hashtag menswear. Why? Because I was into hashtag menswear equals straight heterosexual mask yeah. when, I, when I was a kid. So I was running away from that actually, the, the opposite way. You know, I hated like a jacket. I could never. Now I love them. I think I look great in them. But I used to be very, like, almost allergic to them because they reminded me of trying to look like a boy. Like, mm. like, like what, what I was expected to look at as, you know, but now I guess like me going in circles with this, is just that, like you, you with fashion you project, what you want to project and you reference the things that you like and have in your mind. So again, now that you guys have been exposed to so many other things, now you also project other things.
1: It's all yeah. like a, it's all just a journey of getting to know yourself and then how, the, the way I dress now is, is really a reflection of how well I've gotten to know who I am. Exactly.
0: And also
1: a reflection of the parts of myself I don't know yet, like, and how I'm figuring that out, or if I'm trying to figure that out, or if I'm trying to not figure that out, it's all part of that. And I realized that first when I started going back to therapy a couple of years ago, and my shrink she told me, you talk about clothes and the way you dress a lot. And I think that's a big part of, you know, how you understand where you are mentally and like in a more psychological sense. And I'd never I was like, it wasn't ever that deep in my head, mm-hmm. but it absolutely is that deep. And it's also not. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it is. Um,
2: I mean, it's deep for you. and that's again, like for me, fashion, again, I always say this. I think I say this like every every time I talk to someone about fashion, which is a lot fashion is drag. So it can be very serious, it can be very deep. It can be very organic. it can be very it can be an afterthought. it can be costume in the, in the best way you need it, but that's really what it is. And mm. it, like the bottom line as well is that it has to be fun because the more pressure you put on yourself, the less fun it is. So if you put pressure to a specific way, if God, you put pressure on yourself that I'm going to this nice restaurant, so I need to project hashtag menswear because that's what I'm supposed to do, you're going to have a terrible time getting dressed.
0: Yeah, see, see, that's the interesting thing is like now it's, um, and I think like this is maybe in part of like a year of the pandemic or whatever. It's like, I almost see it as an opportunity to get dressed. Like it's like the context of my neighborhood. Like if I wore, uh, or like when I do I should say like where like um, like a blazer around my neighborhood I'm like sticking out like a sore thumb or like look like I am like on my way back from like like a, an office job uh, from the train whereas like uh, if I do go to a nice restaurant or like something that is like um, it's, it's almost like dressing for the occasion I think that it's fun like it is like part of the whole experience for me that I really enjoy
2: yeah but that's so it,
0: it, yeah so it is drag right? That's exactly what I was going (laughs) to say.
2: You're saying dressing for the occasion, girl, and you're dressing to perform. Yeah. That's also very interesting, because um, I was actually talking about this with one of my friends, and they are a drag performer, and um, queerness itself at its center is always a sort of performance, right? Because when you are trying to fit into a cis-het community, when you're trying to, like, appear as you're assigned a birth gender, like male for myself, and you're trying to look like you are supposed to look a very preppy boy that goes to Catholic school in Latin America myself, you perform as that. You know, you learn to perform as that. You learn to speak a certain way because it's it's survival really, like that's it. And the more, the the queer you become, the more yourself you become, and the more open you become about it, you're also still performing a certain thing. You're, you're projecting, um your queerness and that comes comes off as performance right whether it's your most natural and your most individual self your most authentic self to the world that comes off as performance yeah, right so it's very interesting because for example a lot of people don't look at a lot of cis straight people don't look at the way people dress as a sort of costume or as a sort of performance because there's no need to Because what you do is you just put on the clothes and then you go outside and no one looks at you twice. Versus what you do when you have a different gender identity than the one you were assigned to, for example, or the one that people expect for you to have, and you dress in a way that people are not expecting you to dress, but people are looking at it staring, they're looking. And that's the moment you understand that you are in some sort of drag so honey if they're gonna look you better give them a show right and that's also
1: something to look at something.
2: exactly so like now you know that if you're gonna go out and you're gonna be like your queer self like girl you better dress up because if people are going to be talking then they better look at something cute right they but that's, better. A, that's something that you're aware of because there you have no other way of being of, of it you have to be aware of it right so i find it very interesting whenever i say this and people are like Oh, because then your fashion, your experience of fashion changes. It becomes so much more fun. It's just more enjoyable. It has to be fun. When I go back home and I, I, I dress a certain way. And then when I come back to New York, I dress a certain way. But when I go to the office and when I go to an event with my friends, I dress to very specific ways. Now you can say that I have different quote unquote styles but I, it's more about what I want to project. That's just really the team. Bottom line is what you want to project and you have to have fun with it. You, you have, the more self-awareness you have, I think the, the funner it is.
1: It's also yeah. always going to be you.
2: Exactly. Regardless
1: of what you put on, where you go, who you're with, it's still going to be you. Like it's still going to be me, whether I'm wearing like my black suit and a white button down shirt to a wedding, or if I'm wearing my like Wrangler cowboy flair, like booty pants with my Celine mules to dinner, like it's still me, bottom line. And I have fun doing both of those things and it shows.
2: But you know what's the funnest thing? And I'm gonna ask this to both of you, especially Garrett. Do you ever, when you're buying something or when you're getting dressed, do you still ask yourself or your partner or whoever, is this me? Or when you're buying something, you're like, oh, this is so me, I want this. I say this all the time. I actually just said this. I just, before logging in, I bought a JW on sweater thats that is, that wasn't 70% off, period.
1: <laughs> that part.
2: And I was like, oh, this is so me. And I sent it to my friend and my friend said, what? This is so you. And it's funny because even though we know that whatever we're going to wear is us, because the person wearing it is ourselves and it's a choice by ourselves, we still... Select our drag in a very specific way.
0: Mm-hmm. Creating a performance, creating the way we want to dress. H- Jose, you asked this question to both of us purposely because I think Keller and I do this for each other. So any purchase on either direction is like sent to the other, other person. Like I, you know, I just just yesterday went and got measured to get like this shirt jacket made um by this dude this in the upper west side. Mm-hmm. and be, even before i got it made i was like sending keller fabric samples or like keller is like buying like this like oasis with, like hat and he's like sending me like yo what do you think it's gonna sell out in five minutes saying yep, yeah, absolutely you, you need this
2: yeah and it's 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 still what we do but like again the moment you're aware of it it just becomes so much more entertaining
1: yeah so bottom line let's just all have fun and
2: dress up yep dress up and dress up mm-hmm. Even when you're going to work out, you dress up or something.
1: Do you guys work out?
2: Well, I now I do. Uh, because we're all, I, all I did during quarantine was eat. And I didn't even yep. walk to the train. So now I work out. But I was actually talking about this with my friend. I'm like, I have a very interesting relationship with exercise, and because of my the the relationship I have with my like body weight and my body image but like I started working out because I wanted to lose weight because I wanted to look cute and then the more I started working out the less um the less it became about kind of like what I look but how I feel Mm. I always had a lot of like mental health problems um in many many different directions and people we would always tell me like you should work out and I would always be like no I don't want to I don't have the energy for that like I just and that was always me I very lethargic barely getting through what I had to do I always come across as like a very like highly performing person but I was always dying um and the moment I started working out and the moment I realized that it's done wonders to my mental health I'm like oh fuck can you imagine if I would have covered this five years ago but still like I now work out um not for two reasons to feel good but also because I want to look cute and cropped up Uh,
1: our girl summer coming (laughs)
2: <laughs> but yeah like it's just you you still dress up I dress as 40 spies. one of the five spies. girls
0: but I, I need to, to dress up. I need to send you these these uh yeah these amazing I got these wool running running shorts that mm-hmm. I sent you today Keller has already seen them but I know we've already gone way over but I I, I love where where we're ending it's just yeah dress how you want to dress project what you want to project. Yeah, I, I love the direction that this conversation went. I feel like more empowered to put on something down tomorrow because I love it.
2: I love it too. Thank you for having me, guys.
1: This was fun. Yeah, th- Jose, thank you so much for joining us. This has been wonderful. Um, tell everyone where they can find you on the internet.
2: <laughs> this is always funny because I never know how to say my, my handle in English, um, but it's EL. So, L. Jose, J O S E, Creales, at El Jose Creales. That's where you can find me everywhere, really, on both my Instagram and my Twitter. And if you want to listen to my podcast, um, you can find the links on my bio. It's called Bias with Jose Creales. We also talk about a lot of fashion, culture, a lot of the things that I've said on here. You can listen to more in depth there. Um, But yeah, that's who I am. Thank you guys for having me.
1: Thank you so much will talk to you soon.
2: Later.